This is a Discovery Church podcast. Every heart found in Jesus' story. Wherever you are in your journey of faith, we pray that this message brings you deep encouragement. If you would like to get involved in the life of our church, head over to discoverychurch.com.au or check out our social media or YouTube channel. Well, good morning. Great to be with you, Discovery Church, and Happy New Year. We are already a week in to 2023. I hope you've enjoyed some time with family and friends. Maybe you're tuning in from the beach this morning or from your tent or wherever you are. Hope this finds you well. Um, I wonder whether you're somebody that at the start of a new year makes some resolutions. Are you the kind of person, maybe it's not resolutions, but maybe you have a word for your year. I was chatting with a friend last week and she said, my word for this year is adventure. Um, I wonder if you're somebody like that or you have a theme for your year or maybe you like to set some goals, some things that you want to achieve for the year or do you have a way of thinking about the new year, thinking about how you want to experience the year that's coming, that's about to unfold. Do you have a way of thinking about things you'd like to see happen or come to pass in your life or in your family? A way of thinking about um, what might be ahead and how you want to experience the year. One of the things I love most about January is having some time at the beach on holidays and getting a chance just to reflect on the last year that's just been and think about all of the great things that happened in that year. Think about the things that I learned, the challenges, the joys, the highs, the lows, but then I love thinking about the year that's ahead and um, the, the opportunity just to be intentional and to put some intentional thought into how I want to see that year unfold in my own life and just to be curious with God about what he might be inviting me to grow in this year, how he might be inviting me to stretch, what things he might be calling me to participate in with him and to partner with him in. Um, sometimes it's even just thinking about, um, I like to take some time to think about how I want to grow in my marriage this year, how I want to grow in my parenting. Um, it could be things around my health and fitness, what I'd love to see in that area of my life or our finances. So um, I love that about January. And you know, we're in a series uh, throughout the month of January called In the Beginning. And I'm excited about that because all beginnings offer us that opportunity to be intentional about how we approach whatever it is that thing might be that's about to unfold. And so as we go through this series called In the Beginning, we're going to be looking at significant examples in scripture of significant beginnings. And so last week we heard from Matt and he shared with us from the, the, um, the OG beginning back in Genesis. And today I want to share with you a story. It's a different kind of beginning. beginning. It's a story in the book of Luke. And... Um, I'm going to read it to you, but it's actually a story about the first time we hear anything about Jesus since he was born. So Jesus was born that first Christmas morning and then 12 years goes by. And in scripture, we have no stories about Jesus until this story pops up in scripture. And so it's a beginning of a different kind because we all of a sudden see Jesus start to emerge again and see his life start to unfold. So let's have a look at it together. I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be reading verses 41 to 52. It says this, it says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. 
After the festival was, was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it, thinking he was in their company. They travelled on for a day. They began looking for him among their relatives and friends, and when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him there. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. So a little bit of context for this scripture just to get us started. So this is the first time that we're hearing about Jesus since he was born. It's also Passover. So it was traditional and custom that people would travel from all over to Jerusalem for this Passover festival. And so Jesus in, with his family would have done this every year. Um, and at this time, there would have been between 60 and 100,000 people all descending on Jerusalem at that time. So it would have been packed full of people. Families went, communities went, everybody all went there at the same time. So a couple of observations for us just to make quickly out of this scripture. And then I want to just offer some invitations to us at the start of a new year to think about how we might frame up our year. So some observations. There's something that happens in this story um, and it's evident that a shift has happened in Jesus' life. We can assume that up until this time, he's been living a fairly typical, um, a fairly typical life with his parents and his siblings in Nazareth. We know that that was where he was from. And he would have made this trip every year. But for some reason, this year, it's different. Jesus is 12 years old and this year something has happened and it's different. Halfway home, Mary and Joseph realise that Jesus isn't with him. I remember I've preached on this passage before and I shared a story about a time where we lost Finn at the beach. There's a panic as a parent that comes over you when you realise that your child is not within your sight anymore and you don't know where they are. So understandably on the way home, Mary and Joseph start to panic when they can't find Jesus. But where they find him is in the temple courts, sitting at the feet of the teacher listening and learning and um, it's it's interesting in the scripture because Jesus the way that he responds to them when they ask him you know as any mother would Jesus why have you done this to me we've been worried sick about you and Jesus says didn't you know that I needed to be here in my father's house and it's as though Jesus has come to an understanding that he is indeed God's son something has shifted for him there's been an internal shift of a sort and he seems surprised why they don't understand why he needs to be there. Um, but it's clear that Jesus, you know, Jesus has longed to stay at the temple. He wants to learn and he was listening and he's asking questions and he's got this desire to grow. Um, and he says to them, you know, all of a sudden we hear his language has started to change and he starts talking about the temple as his father's house. So there's a distinction now, even for Jesus, that Joseph is his earthly father, but God is his heavenly father. And that's where he needs to be. Being in his father's house is a priority for him. 
Um, and we can see in this scripture too that the, the, the scripture says that, um, you know, that Jesus was in the temple and he, he it says, um, sitting amongst the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And this was the way that Jesus was learning and growing by listening and by asking questions. And so there are three things as this scripture comes to a close. The final verse has these three character traits. It pulls out these three things that have started to emerge in Jesus's character at this time. And that would go on to shape his life and his ministry from here on until his death. And I wonder if these three things might just be three little pearls for us at the beginning of a new year that we might be able to use as a frame for our own growth and our own discipleship as we head into a new year. And it's just there for us in that final verse, verse 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and men. So a question for us, what would it look like for you and I to grow in wisdom, in stature and in favour this year? And how might this be for the blessing of those around you, for the blessing of your family, for the blessing of your marriage, for the blessing of your friends, your neighbours, your co-workers, for the blessing of your community? And so I want us just to have a little bit of a deep dive into these three character traits, wisdom, stature and favour, and have a look at what invitations might be just lurking in there for us to grab a hold of and to consider as we think about the way we're going to set up this new year and move into it. So the first one is this, wisdom. Now wisdom gets defined as the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. But when we think about biblical wisdom, um, you know, we think about the wisdom books in the Bible, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Job's book, Job, books like that. Wisdom we learn is actually understanding God's perspective on the world and learning to live in the world God's way. Learning to live in the world God's way. So it's not just about gaining more knowledge, but learning how to actually apply this knowledge to our lives and live it out. I think Solomon's a great example of this, and you can check this story out in Second Chronicles, but there's a story where Solomon asks the Lord for knowledge and wisdom and understanding and is rewarded greatly for it because he asked for the right things rather than asking for riches and power and status. He asks the Lord for wisdom and the Lord grants it to him. It's a great story to read. But we're living in an era of information overload, aren't we? We have so much information at our fingertips all the time. You know, you just have to sit behind your keyboard. You can Google anything you want any hour of the day and so much information will come at you about that particular thing. But we actually are consuming information at a way faster rate than we can ever expect to digest any of it, let alone live it out. And I think that's a really important thing for us to consider because you know, sometimes, you know, we love to, we live in the era of being an expert on anything you want to be an expert on. But so much of the time, I think we get caught in just consuming and consuming and consuming information that never actually leads to any real change in our lives or growth in who we are as people or as disciples of Jesus. And so that's a real challenge for us in the era that we live in. Um, but we're influenced by who we listen to most, aren't we? So I wonder who are the loudest voices in your world right now? Who do you listen to the most? Because the loudest voices are the ones who are shaping you and the ones that are having the most influence over you. And so I wonder are the loudest voices in your life actually voices of wisdom? 
And that's a great thing for us just to consider. But here's a question for us. How do we actually grow in wisdom? Because if wisdom is learning to live God's way in the world, we actually need to know what God's way is, right? That's a really good starting point for us. And so I think time in the word is a really key element here for us. The way we learn to live in God's way is learning what God's way is. And that's all in here. And so I just want to encourage you at the start of a new year. What, how, how is your time in the word? How are you going to set up a rhythm for being in the word regularly? Because um, that's a really important way that we actually learn what God's way is. Um, for me in my own life, I often find that the Lord leads me to a scripture and I might actually stay in that scripture for a number of weeks or even a number of months because sometimes, you know what, it takes us a while to really learn the heart of God on something and to actually digest it in a way that starts to transform how we actually live in the world and how we work out our faith and how we work out our discipleship. So I want to say this to you, spending time in the word isn't about um, speed and growing in wisdom isn't about speed. It never happens quickly. And it's also not about volume. It's not about how much of it you can read. Obviously, we want to try and um, we want to try and spend time in the word and really get to know what it says. But we want to actually get to know it and understand it in a way that brings about true change and transformation in our lives. And so and the word is really important. The other thing about growing in wisdom is to have a think about and to position yourself in the company of wise people. Who is somebody wise in your life that you can think of that you would love to learn from, that you feel like if you just spent a little bit more time with them, they would have a lot to offer you and you could really grow in this area of wisdom. Who do you see around you that makes wise decisions in their family, that makes wise decisions about their work, makes wise decisions with their finances? Um, you know, it, we see Jesus modeled this in an amazing way. It says he sat, he stayed in the temple to sit at the feet of the teachers and he asked questions and he listened. So who is it in your world that perhaps God is highlighting to you that you could take out for a coffee, that you could ask to spend some regular time with this year and just listen, do some listening and ask lots of questions. It's a really great way to grow in wisdom. So wisdom is the first thing. The second trait that I just want us to have a little look at is this idea of stature. Now, this is a bit of a funny word because we often think about stature as in our physical stature and how tall we are. Um, but this word actually means influence, integrity, reputation and good standing. So, you know, the way we live, our lifestyle choices, the decisions we make, the way we are with people, the way we interact in our community, the way we speak, the motivations of our heart, all of these things contribute to our stature. And, you know, it's, a, it's more about growing tall on the inside or growing tall in the spirit, if that makes sense. And I really think that this idea of stature begins in humility. And Jesus modeled this to us in the passage so beautifully as we see him take the posture of a learner, sitting at the teacher's feet, asking questions and listening. So I wonder, maybe God's inviting you to increase in stature or in influence in your workplace this year to step up, take on a new role maybe, to step out in a, in a leadership position or to an invitation to speak into something new that's happening there. Maybe God's inviting you to grow in stature in your influence amongst your friends and your peers, um, maybe at school or at university or in the circles that you spend time in. Maybe God's inviting you to really step up and be a person of influence and good standing and good reputation in that place. Um, 
maybe it's not so much that, but maybe for you, you're used to being in charge or on top, or you're just in a season where you're just really comfortable. And maybe God's inviting you to a new season of growth to actually take the posture of a learner again and learn something new and grow in a new area in your life. Whatever it might be, but what would it look like to take a posture of humility and the posture of a learner in 2023? And in what areas is God inviting you to grow taller in, those in, in an internal way, those internal shifts, those transformations, those areas that he's inviting you to grow? So where, in what areas is God inviting you to grow taller in stature in the spirit? So we've got wisdom and we've got stature. And then we have this third idea of favor, favor with God and favor with man. And this idea of favor, it it gives us the um, impression of somebody who's preferred, uh, someone who maybe receives special treatment, someone who's approved of and supported well and well liked. I don't know about you, but I feel like we all know people who seem to have the favor of God on their life. I don't know what it is about them, but they just always seem to be getting blessed. Things always seem to come easily for them. Maybe you look at their life and you think, wow, they just seem to get everything handed to them on a silver platter. Or the road just always seems to stretch out smoothly before them. Um, You know, just things always just seem to fall in the right place for them. I don't know if you know anybody like that. I certainly know people like that. And you know what, if we're honest, sometimes we can get a bit resentful or jealous towards people like that because we think what is it about them that they just everything seems to go right for them you know and I think that that sometimes that jealousy or that resentment that might bubble up in us just really comes from a place of we just want to experience that favor in our own lives don't we and um I think we can all agree that having favor with God and having favor with people is a good thing and we would all like more of that. So how do we actually grow and increase in favor? Um, because that's actually something that, um, that is, is possible. And so when we look at the life of Jesus um, in this scripture and then as Jesus goes on to live out his life and we have all through the gospels, we have stories as Jesus emerges into his public ministry and begins going about the work that God had prepared in advance for him to do. But even when we look at the lives of people throughout scripture that seemed to have the favor of God on their life, I think about people like Abraham, Noah, I think about Esther, I think about Solomon, I think about Ruth, I think about Gideon. You know, you can go through scripture and there seems to be a bit of a pattern um, in the lives of people where God's favor seemed to rest. Um, and to me, as I think about it, I feel like the, that fa- the, the favor with God seems to emerge from two key places or two key, two key things. The first one's identity and the, and the second one is obedience. I feel like favor seems to emerge out of these two things, identity and obedience. You know, favor is linked to understanding our identity as sons and daughters of God. Because when you know whose you are, it's only then that you can begin to really understand who you are. I'm going to say that again. When you know whose you are, who you belong to, then you can, we can really begin to understand who we actually are and what we're on the earth to do, what we have to contribute to the world around us and to the kingdom and the role that we play in the family of God and the role that we've been given to play on the earth. You know, I love that there's a scripture in Matthew 3. It's one of my favorites. And it's when Jesus is baptized um, by John. And as that happens, as Jesus comes up out of the water, we read, a, we, we, we read this account that happens where heaven opens and the voice of the Father 
comes, is heard from heaven and he says this, he says, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. And I love this scripture because it gives us this idea of the way that Jesus was in the family and the way that the father related to him, this deep love that the father had for his son and how pleased he was with him. And we get this idea that Jesus really understood his place in the family and what his role was. And the Lord says God was pleased with him. The father was pleased with him. And for me, I get really inspired about that verse because I want to live my life in such a way that that God would say that to of me. This is my daughter whom I love. With her, I am well pleased. And I really believe that that is God's heart towards each one of us. But there's an invitation for us today, guys, to truly be reminded of whose we are of whose we are, who we belong to, we're God's children. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made and that we're adopted into his family by grace. You belong to God. For those of us who believe in God, we, the Bible says we're adopted into his family. And it's not because of anything we did, but this incredible sacrifice that Jesus made, the grace of his sacrifice makes it possible for us. So we, need, we get this opportunity to be reminded of whose we are. And then there's a second invitation to be reminded of who we are. We're ones who are deeply loved, that we are worthy of being adopted into God's family. We've been created by design with unique gifts and talents and a divine purpose to live lives that bring glory and honour to King Jesus. So whose we are and then who we are. And when we live out of that place of understanding truly our identity and when we live out of a place of understanding our worth and what the Lord has equipped us with and given us and to contribute to the world around us, we can expect to receive God's favour in our lives. So favour is linked to identity, but the other thing that favour is really linked to is that idea of obedience. Um, and we see this again all through scripture, this pattern that when God's people choose to trust him and do what he says, the reward is that is God's favor in their lives. So for us, when we choose to trust God, when we choose to trust that he's good, that he's faithful, that he's in control, and when we live in a surrendered way that honors the call of God on our lives, and we seek to be obedient to those things that the Lord invites us to and the things that he calls us into to steward, then we can expect to find favor with God. And you know, this little scripture, it says that Jesus found favor or he increased in favor with God and man. And I think about that and I think, you know, I really believe that that idea of favor with man is really just an overflow of finding favor with God. That when we, when we know our identity, when we live in obedience and we're really trying to just walk walk out our faith in obedience to God. We can expect to find favor, not just with God, but with the people around us. And in the situations that we walk into in our school, with our teachers, with our employers or our employees in our workplaces and the different um, doors that the Lord will open for us in our communities and our neighborhoods as well. So a couple of questions as we just bring this to a close today, guys. The first one's this, how is God inviting you to experience more deeply the sense of confidence and security in your identity as his child this year. And another question, are there any old mindsets or beliefs that are in opposition to this that we need to let go of? You know, sometimes we have this um, internal monologue that says I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough or, you know, I don't know, I don't know who I am. I don't know if I fit. 
And I just really feel like the Lord wants to break those strongholds over us this morning and release us into a new sense of confidence in our identity, that we can live so securely from that place that we're actually, because when we're able to do that, we're most fruitful. We're at our most fruitful for the kingdom and we're really right, we're able just to be released to really run in the lane that God has given us to run in. So. Is there any old mindsets or old beliefs that you actually need to let go of and let the Lord just break off your life today? And I'm just believing, even as I say this today, that maybe some of those things, those words, maybe they're words that someone else has spoken over you. Maybe they're just those things that, you know, we all have that sense of doubt and sometimes, but I'm just believing, even as I'm saying it now, that the Lord's breaking things off your life in that area. Old mindsets, old beliefs, lies that the enemy has tried to convince you are true, that are not true. And actually the Lord just wants to remind you this morning that you're his and that he has a great purpose for your life and he has a great purpose for you in the year that you're about to enter into and so and one other question what if we all what if we all decided to say yes to Jesus this year every time he asked us to do something or invited us to something instead of trying to live our own way or instead of thinking we know better than God what if we all just decided to say yes every time Jesus invited us to something this year I think that would be pretty spectacular and I'm looking forward to hearing some testimonies um, throughout the course of the year from you about what's happened when you've said yes to Jesus how have you seen him show up how have you experienced his favor this year and so just as we close this morning church 2023 the year of growing in wisdom stature and favor can I just encourage you be curious about God about the journey he's inviting you to personally go on this year and I just wonder what else might he be wanting to increase in your life this year Maybe it is wisdom and stature and favor, but maybe there are some other things that the Lord's wanting to bring increase in your life. And maybe um, another way of asking that question is, where would you like him to bring increase in your life? Maybe some things come to mind already. Maybe there are some prayers in your heart or some desires that you have that you would love to see the Lord bring increase in. Can I encourage you, begin praying for those things. Begin asking the Lord and contending for those things because he's faithful and he wants to bless you and he wants you. He wants to release his favor over your life. So let me pray for you um, as we just close today. But I just pray that you would just have such a fantastic year this year and that these three things, these ideas, wisdom, stature and favor might help just frame a way of thinking about how you can experience this year and how the Lord might be inviting you to grow in 2023. So Father, I just thank you for my friends at Discovery church and all those listening online today or on the podcast thank you God that you know each one that you see each one and that you have an incredible plan of purpose and of blessing for each of us Lord Jesus and I just pray as we enter into this new year would you help each one of us to truly grow in wisdom in stature and in favor this year Lord I just pray that you would just be speaking to people right now about how it is you're inviting them to grow the things you're calling them to say yes to the things you're inviting them to say no to and how you want to be present and how you want to guide and lead us into those places of growth and increase this year and so I just pray a blessing over each one today in Jesus mighty name amen Thank you for listening to the Discovery Church podcast. It is our mission that every heart is found in Jesus' story. If you were moved by this episode, please take 30 seconds to share it on your social media. It only takes a couple of seconds to create life-changing impacts.